everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Making It Our Own podcast, dedicated to the crafting competition series, Making It on NBC. Your hosts are Tracy, that's me, and Mimi. Hey, Mimi. Hi there. And we are so happy that you guys are tuned in. We are actually mother and daughter. I'm the daughter, Mimi's the mom, and so we've been crafting together for many, many, many years. And I really enjoy that and have bonded over that hobby over the years. And um, we're excited to talk about Episode 3 tonight of Making It. We're going to talk about some of our favorites, things that inspired us, maybe some memories that were called uh, from the project. But first, I want to make sure you know where to find us. You can find us on Twitter at Making It Our Own. And the podcast can be found directly on the website, so many shows.com. We are part of the So Many Shows group. And like the name suggests, uh, they cover so many different shows. So on the podcast feed and the website, you can find reviews and recaps and podcasts for a lot of different uh, favorite shows. You can look for us on iTunes and Google Play as well. So there are lots of ways to find us, and um, I hope that you will perhaps subscribe and leave us a review as well. You can always send feedback um, about the show, not just the podcast, but about making it and things you might want us to share or talk about on the podcast. And you can email me at Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y, at SoManyShows.com. Now, at the end of the podcast, we have another contestant interview. I had the, the pleasure of speaking with Kim today, and um, he had a lot of great stuff to share. And I know we've talked about him a lot on the podcast and have really enjoyed his designs and just they have sort of triggered a lot of discussion. So it was great to be able to talk to him. So definitely stay tuned um, to hear that portion of the podcast as well. So we'll kick it off with some of our favorites. We had um, two categories this week. The snack stadium was the faster craft and backyard bonanza was the master craft, the, the longer craft. So um, let's start out with the faster craft, Snack Stadium. Uh, any thoughts on the on the project um, assignment, Mom, and, and what was your favorite? Well, I, I was surprised that they were doing something that included food, too, because they <laughs> never really thought of food as uh, part of a craft, but it, it takes a lot of... Um, uh, thinking to prepare a party and so forth, and uh, they're just always so funny. Everything is informative, but it's funny too. And yeah, um, my favorite uh, thing on the snack stadium was well, I was glad Billy finally provided some meat for Nick because he was just <laughs> you know beside himself. But my yeah, favorite, no uh, Roberts and those cute little spinning fish. Uh-huh. Uh, he had a cake much like the others, but it wasn't the stadium. He had a variety of snacks, and mm-hmm. uh, most of it was candy. But I also really liked uh, Joe's Skating Arena, and uh, uh-huh. she also makes things just look so pretty and complete, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, that that was my favorite for the uh, snack stadium. For me, with the snack stadium... Um, the first thing that I really uh, got to thinking about was some of them 
the stadiums themselves were made of food, where some had food that were held in the stadiums. Like I, I think, um, for instance, Roberts, which was really cute and clever, especially the foods that he chose to put in there. I think he kind of built a structure first to put the the sheet cake in and to add the different compartments for the food. Um, whereas Billy's, almost the whole thing was food, like the, the kind of like the mat or the layout of it, the big soccer ball um, and the breadsticks for the goals. And then one thing, I got a little frustrated that um, Simon kind of called him out for putting glue on the breadsticks, but I don't think they ever said in the instructions that you couldn't do that. And plus, like I said, some stadiums, were not all completely food. So it didn't seem, you know, it seemed not quite fair to to call him out on that when some stadiums were like a non-edible structure and then filled with edible items. So that was that was a little unclear to me. Um but I, I agree guess with you. you do, yeah. Um Yeah. I thought about that like I couldn't figure out why it was bothering me, but you were right. Um Robert's uh, stadium was something he created. You couldn't eat the stadium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, you know, you've got to, you know, make things look cute when you're having a party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just, I wasn't totally clear on the criteria. And, you know, to be honest, they may not have thought about that when they made the assignment. You know, a lot of times you think about things after the fact. Oh, should we have told them that the stadium had to be made of food or that it didn't have to be made of food. You know, it's just, it's open. It left some things open to interpretation. Um, but I did find the food choices uh, very clever in Robert's, you know, the, the names of the foods he chose. And then the way um, Joe displayed the foods, I especially like the peppers that she arranged, the pepper slices to look like you know, an Olympic torch. That was really oh, cool. Enough. And now I thought the Amber's rosé, stadium was very inviting like it was very pretty and and just it it looked very inviting like I would like to dig into that so I thought that had a very striking appearance and and was a clever twist since like she said she wasn't really into sports she put her own twist on it but it was still definitely you know a stadium one thing that jumped out to me as well because like Kiams was really impressive to build that whole, it was a pretty big structure, you know, to build the Coliseum out of the um, crispy treats. And, but it didn't really have a lot of color. Now, a Coliseum doesn't really have a lot of color. So it's kind of true to the object itself. But yet, I think making an object or making a stadium that didn't have a lot of color probably hurt them or hurt his design as far as like a food-related challenge. Because, you know, you think about food, the colors are usually what makes it inviting, you know. Um, I mean, not not completely, but you like you know. I know you taught me growing up. Well, you don't want to have all yellow foods on the plate. You know, you want a variety of colors. Right. So I just that that kind of um, caught my attention. And I think the same thing kind of happened with Nicole because hers was very clever, and the mechanics of it were very unique with the ropes, with the zucchini noodles um, to be able to move the climber, and so forth. But by using tortillas, which went with her food choices, you know, kind of making some sort of vegetable wrap, you know, tortillas don't have 
really any color to them, you know, and that's, that's just the nature of that food. But I'm thinking that that maybe hurt both of them in the judging because they lacked color. So I think so. I think that's part of the problem that Kim has had so far. He, he creates these beautiful structures, but then that Mm -hmm. doesn't leave him enough time to add other things to it that he would like Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, have. Now, granted, when you looked inside it, there were a lot of colorful gummy bears, but you couldn't see that from the outside. So, I, you know, I do have to point out that there was color <laughs> on the inside um, for sure. Okay, so what about the um, the backyard bonanza, building a little little location to sit and enjoy the outdoors? Did you have well, a one that jumped out at you? I, I think it was Tim's video mm-hmm. theater because I think, I don't know if anybody else was, but I think we were all kind of shocked that he finally used color. And yeah. then I thought, that's just so pretty and so attractive and such a cute uh-huh. way to do it. And, you know, a lot of families and churches and recreation groups, you know, have a video night. But that yeah. just made it special just, you know, for his family and his uh-huh. friends and so forth. And it was just so colorful. And I also liked... Uh, Amber's domino area and uh, mm-hmm. Billy's but uh, I think we were just all so happy to see him use color, and his <laughs> screen was just so cute, and yeah. it was it was an idea that I could relate to, uh-huh. you know, because I like watching videos and so forth with my family, but that yeah. made it real special. I think, I, I can't remember which one of them said all he needed was popcorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a popcorn. And I thought it was funny. I, I'm trying to – tell me if I remember this correctly, if you remember. It seemed like a lot of the colors in the theater were vertical stripes. Is that right? Right, yeah. And so that kind of just reminded me of, like, a popcorn bucket. You know, you typically see if someone does a cartoon of a popcorn bucket, it's got the red and white vertical stripes on it. And so the whole thing sort of – Reminded me of popcorn too, you know, and I, and I did like the colors as well. I really liked Nicole's swinging seats. I just have, I always think that's such a luxury to sit on something that swings. I know there's a coffee shop, um, here in Atlanta, um, the Dancing Goat, and they have a porch area and they have, it's almost like a, almost like a, a day bed. Uh, was almost like a as thick as almost like a mattress, but I guess kind of like a swing at the same time that hangs from the rafters, and you can sit and you can work on something or just enjoy your coffee or whatever. And I think that's just so cool just to have that little bit of vestibular aspect to a seat. You know, I mean, even like kids, you think about sitting in a desk chair and they like to spin around in it. You know, when something spins or at a maybe at an ice cream counter or whatever. Anytime you add that movement um i think it's it's fun and and they did with the tassels and everything i thought they did really look have a fun bohemian look to them we'll get to it in the probably in the judges corner segment that i feel like she kind of got a raw end of, of the deal with about them being a hanging seat but i thought they were were really cool and i also really liked robert's um inner tubes and because I like the story that went with it and how it was seeding, you know, it was how, a, an item that they used year round at the camp. 
But right. one thing I, I, I want to ask Robert, so if you're listening, Robert, I want to ask you, what was the, um, was the inner tube, he described it as a pillow, or that they used them growing up at the camp in the summer to use like a pillow to stargate. And I even think the way he wrapped it in the cloth, the cloth and added the tag on the one that said full, like full moon, I think he even referred to it as a pillow. So I'm thinking that the judges, they immediately sat down in the inner tube like you would if you were in the water. Well, if you're in the water, your your bottom goes down further, and you can totally lean back and lay your head back, and it's very comfortable. But on the ground, I don't know that he meant it to be used that way. Do, what do you think? Was it meant to be the pillow or to when, when inside he, it? Right. When he explained about it, he expressed that they would use it at night as mm-hmm. a pillow to rest their head as they looked mm-hmm. up to the sky. And yeah. looking at the sky and enjoying all that was um, the activity. But he said the the reason it came to his mind was because they used them for so many things. You know, they would use right. them for the water on the snow and everything. And I, I kind of had had that feeling too. I wanted to say, okay. no, these guys aren't using it right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're we know we're watching. You said, yeah, it's funny. So, because I think Amy was leaning up against it, kind of like a pillow, you know, um, exactly. there. But but the judges were trying to sit in it, and I was like, "Don't give Robert a hard time. You're not supposed to be sitting in it." But you know, yeah. anyway, that's that's just our interpretation. But yeah, I I I loved um, Amber's uh, domino table, indoors or outdoors. That was just really really cute, and I'm all about the bucket, the five-gallon bucket as well. I know around here, I always see uh, Casey does aquatic therapy, and the swim teams practice at the rec pool too, and I see them all coming and they carry their all their pool stuff with them, you know, because they have things that get wet, and they sometimes they have flippers and goggles and all these things, and they, I see the, the kids carrying them in in these big buckets, and we actually started using one when we had to carry a lot of stuff to therapy. We got... Um, a big bucket from Home Depot and used it. So um, she made great seats out of it. But uh, there's there's nothing like a good bucket. It can be really right. useful for for many things. Yeah. I was going to say they're just endless possibilities. Yeah. Um, for the bucket. Yeah. Whether you have them turned upside down or upright, there's just a lot a lot to do with it. I think you had some ideas about wrapping the buckets other than than rope, didn't you? I did, you know, initially I thought, boy, that's cool, and I just love the look of it with the rope on it, but then mm-hmm. I sort of just was sitting around thinking, and I said, they sell a, a cotton cording that you can cover with any fabric you want and make it as long as you want, and I thought, you know, if you were using it uh, for a child's room, that you could use a fabric that coordinated with whatever their room decoration was, and then they could store toys or games or anything uh, in mm-hmm. there. Or if you were using it even for adults in another area, you might want to change the color and maybe have red, white, and blue for your Fourth of July parties or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you, if you did them, um, I know you don't drink coffee a lot, but they. They sell, I mean, well, they don't sell them. They they have the little cardboard sleeves that the coffee cup goes in. 
And sometimes uh-huh. people make handmade ones. You could also yeah. make make interchangeable ones, you know, for like different seasons or something. You could, instead of gluing it on, it could be sort of a wrap around the bucket. And then you yeah. can have ones for different seasons of the year, you know, summertime, wintertime, whatever. Um, that might be a fun idea, too, to to add different flavors to it throughout right. the year. You wouldn't want to store a million buckets. Yeah, that could save you some space. You wouldn't have to have a bucket for every season. That's neat. Okay, well, let's talk about, um, let's have a little judge's corner segment because you can't watch the show without having opinions. Um, you know, we all have different favorites and, you know, sometimes agree and sometimes disagree. So tell me something that you agreed with from the judges this week and then maybe something you disagreed with. Well, I felt kind of bad because I agreed with the uh, judges for the winners of each category, and then I thought, well, do I just think they're good when they agree with me, you know, and evidently (laughs) I might not be, you know, a good judge if I thought my opinion was the only one. And uh, we sort of hit on the disagree. That was with um, Robert's uh, inner tubes, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, you're not getting the point with it, you know, uh-huh. what you're supposed uh-huh. to be doing. Uh, I didn't think it was as good uh, a project as some of the others, but I didn't think it was as bad as maybe they indicated it might be, too. Okay, okay. Um, well, for me, I, I thought of a couple things uh, related to Nicole, and unfortunately, she, you know, she left the competition this week, but... I feel like they were um, a little hard on her with the fact that her seats were hanging. And I thought that was the appeal of it and so cool. I kind of, I thought, why does, why does her craft need to be judged on where you can place the seats? I mean, obviously they, they hung them there in the show to, you know, to display them, you know, so they, obviously they can be hung. And, you know, people have swings, you know, they've had them since, you know, feels like forever. So I didn't right. think it was such an odd thing to have, like, a seat that was a swing. And I thought they were just so pretty. I thought they were really pretty. And the fact that they were a swing and hanging instead of sitting on the ground, I thought that was something that should have added to the points, you say, for, for her craft. I thought that was a, a bonus feature. So I, I didn't agree there. Um, but I did agree that um, – she probably didn't need to put up for the for the activity that goes with the seating. She probably didn't need to put the instrument um, and the ring toss. And I think she sold herself short on the instruments because, you know, Amy was doing the shaker and that sounded really cool and it looked really pretty. Um, so I think they were great. But either way, I think she should have picked one. Um, I, I think so. I, I did agree with them there that kind of go with one um, item. I'll have to admit, it came to my mind that, you know, okay, they're so cute and so much fun, but how would you hang them anywhere? But if mm-hmm. you really think about it, you know, everybody loves swinging. Little kids have swing sets. Yeah. People grow yeah. up and have swings and so forth on their porch. And a lot of mm-hmm. people make a, a stand outdoors to hang a regular porch swing you know, other True. than it being on the porch, and you could do the same thing with that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. There's just swings are way too popular to to be worried about not having a place to hang it. In, in my opinion, exactly. I think we definitely agree there. I think you can tell we're related on this topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, um, I, I've seen you historically in my lifetime do this a lot. I was wondering if you um, might share with folks some ways that you have either upcycled or recycled items in the past to, to use them, like, in our home or as a, a gift for someone. Um, did you go up to talking about that? Um, yeah, I, I was thinking about it. And since your dad and I decided that, that I would be a stay-at-home mom, uh, I was always looking for inexpensive ways to decorate or give nice gifts. And uh, I loved it when I could make a gift. Um, I'd say yard sales furnished a lot of my home decor. Um, mm-hmm. it, it made me so happy to take a table or a bookcase and refinish it or or paint it. And I enjoyed thinking about the families that had used it before. And I always felt that the older wood items were sturdier than some of the furniture you can buy today. And mm-hmm. uh, gifts really gave me a chance to craft. Uh, I would cross-stitch and I'd use, like, secondhand frames. And I like to sew. And one Christmas, my friends and family um, all got quilted uh, food carriers for when you carry mm-hmm. hot dishes to, to church or uh, to, to a friend's house. And uh, I felt like it not only saved money, but it, it made the gift that you gave more personal. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. I remember something that you did for me, and I know you did it for um, for Becky, it's my sister, um, and I wonder if you gave these out as, as gifts maybe um, to others as well. But you took something basically as simple as like a quilted cloth uh, placemat and folded it over a hanger that was like for pants, so it had the um, the little right. bar that you know kept it still, and then it was perfect for hanging our earrings through. It was just soft enough to be able to poke the the earring post um, through, and it was a great way to see all of our earrings, you know, at one time, but it didn't take up much space. We could just hang it in our closet. You remember making those? I remember that, and that's, Joy, is another one of my favorite things, and yeah. I have a lot of it. Uh-huh. Uh, it's expensive things, but old things or just new things that I like, so anytime I could find a way to hold on to more of it. I was happy to yeah. do that. <laughs> exactly. And I still like going in your wardrobe and looking at your earrings hanging on your hanger like that and seeing what you've added to your collection. And I, I still have mine that you made for me in my closet today. Did you make those for anybody outside the family? Or did you just kind of make them for us? I don't think so. I was always thinking that was my my one shot at creating something <laughs> you know, becoming a, a, a famous um, inventor display person. And yeah. uh, I remember one day when I was talking to you at college, Vicki was uh, there, your roommate, listening, and she says, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell. She said, I'm going <laughs> to let other people know about the idea, you know. And I said, yeah. oh, don't do that. <laughs> uh, it's out there now. Hot tip, folks, if you want to make a, a, a jewelry earring specifically hanger. 
that's the way to go. That has lasted me. I don't want to say how long because I don't want to say how old I am, but it has lasted me a long time. So, um, how much uh, you talked about sometimes refinishing a piece of furniture um, is a good way to go because it, uh, sometimes older pieces are sturdier, or you can get a nice heavy piece of furniture for cheaper, maybe at a thrift store. How many steps are involved? I, I I remember seeing you put the work into it, and I think overall, you know, it's probably usually worth it. But just basically talk about the steps. If you get a table that maybe is painted and then you want to refinish it with your own stain or, or a different color paint, how many steps are involved? Well, that that gets kind of involved because you have to mm-hmm. put a prop on there that will cause the, the paint or whatever to bubble, and you have to – Great that I think they have mm. come up with some newer ideas that might be a little quicker, but that was the way you did it at that time, and then you had to clean that and sand that and so forth if you were going to redo the the whole piece. So I tended to stay away from those, but I know lots okay. of times I would see a, a, a table or something that was really pretty and a beautiful design, but because of being used, the top would have gotten scratched up and maybe just didn't look so good. So sometimes I would just sand the top and oh. that was a little easier to do. And mm-hmm. then um, I'd make some little practice attempts at uh, staining it the same color as the rest of the table. And uh, okay. then you to let that set and sand a little bit in between and uh, put your finish of choice on top to um, protect that. So I later on I tended to do more of those because it wasn't as involved as okay. uh, removing the paint. And that's part of being creative and thinking outside the box is how can I use a piece but not have to redo the whole thing. So that's, that's interesting. Um, one thing uh, I had a memory of sort of uh, repurposing materials um, that kind of um, but it kind of applies to both projects because it involves repurposing materials, but also uh, is an edible craft. I remember when um, my son was in preschool, um, every, it rotated for who was assigned at the parties, maybe for doing the activity versus bringing the snack. And um, sometimes I think there's a little too much pressure on making the activity and the snack and all the components really clever. I, I love making it fun for the kids. Like, that's, that's a wonderful goal. But I do have to wonder sometimes if we pressure ourselves too much to make it amazing or whatever. But I was going to try to make this food, this snack, amazing. And um, it was a pirate-themed party. And so I decided that the kids could construct little pirate ships. And I remember walking around the store thinking, okay, I think I'll use like a Twinkie for the base and turn it upside down so the flat part, you know, so it's rounded on the bottom, you know, like a a boat or a ship, and then the flat deck. And then I got pretzel rods, the thick pretzel rods um, to stick in to add the, is it called the mast? Is that what the? I think so. Okay. So I, and then um, that would hold the mast up. And so with the mast, I decided to use, coffee filters because if you look at the shape of them folded in the package not opened up you know like a little bowl but just flat 
they kind of look like the shape of what you'd see on a ship. And so I think we pre-punched holes in them so the kids could um, stick the pretzel rods through the holes, and then they could kind of squish their coffee filter to make it almost look like the wind was blowing through it, like curved. And then we used, like, gummy lifesavers at the, at the you know, at the top, at each part. Um, this probably doesn't sound very clear over audio, but if you if you kind of put the coffee filter on the holes and you put the pretzel rods through the holes and kind of squish the coffee filter that was, you know, originally flat, and then put a gummy lifesaver on the top and then bring it one up from the bottom to kind of hold that mask in place um, and have and that would hold that little curved shape. Um, and, and there might have been other little candies that we put on there. I don't I don't think we necessarily did icing or something. But it was fun, um, but it was definitely important that we had everything prepared and counted out, you know, for all the kids because it's got to be ready to go and simple instructions. Um, right. But there you go. That was a sweet and salty snack. Even even though even though Nick and Amy were saying cake is not a snack, I I think it's a snack. So we had the salty pretzel rods and the sweet cake of the Twinkie and. Uh, and tried to make it look like a pirate ship, so that that was that was my effort there, and it's a fun memory trying to trying to oh, do it. And that's, I think I think the kids and the adults probably had fun putting those those together, but and and that that project turned out pretty well. But sometimes projects do not turn out well, and and what I you know recall from this week's episode, for instance, Joe and her shibori. Um, dyeing technique, and then she cut the strips to make the stool ended up looking really pretty, but she didn't achieve quite the effect she wanted, she said, because she cut them, ended up cutting them too thin. And right. I, I've put some of this out on um, Twitter, some pictures, but I like to carve rubber stamps. Um, and I, I reminded me, I thought about Joe, and I felt for her, because if I carve too much out, I can't put it back. It's already cut out. <laughs> And if, you know, I'd have to start over. And with, with the fact that she cut those thinner than she wanted to, she couldn't add the fabric back. You know, they were already cut and they're on a on a timeline. So um, it just, it, that's what it made me think about with, with my stamps is that sometimes with crafting, there's a lot of opportunities to take something away or cut or remove, and it's not so easy to, to put it back. So, um, and some things can be planned out really well and some things are just unavoidable you know but yeah with them working on a deadline I'm like oh how do you you know recover from that but she still made it look really pretty it just wasn't the the exact look that she had in mind but do you recall a project that you started out one way and it kind of went wrong and how'd you recover from it well actually um once my aunt had given um mom a channel back colonial type chair and she really liked uh-huh. it but was concerned that you know she wouldn't be able to upholster it and it needed upholstering and I kept telling her oh it'll be easy mom you can do it I you know I thought she could do anything and then she decided she didn't have room for it and passed it to me to use in my living room and I thought okay okay now I was telling her how easy it was going to be and I've got to figure out how to do it but um 
I bought the fabric and so forth and just kind of worked my way through it, and it came out beautiful. I was so proud of it. But um, I hadn't hadn't chosen a good sturdy fabric. And Mm -hmm. one night when we were out for a little while, um, our little black pool decided it would be a great place to take a nap. So needless to say, uh, his little paws caused rips in the fabric, and I just didn't have the will to do it again. And I guess the lesson here is to think about how your projects will be used and plan accordingly and to mm-hmm. always do a sample if you can because you don't want to buy um, 30 of something to make a particular project and then do one and decide, you know, oh, well, this didn't really work, you know. So yeah. I think I just needed some more planning, and I think I really didn't have a lot of trust in my ability to poster it either, so I didn't want to go, you know, too high with the fabric, and uh, that was kind of my mistake. But we mm-hmm. learned from that mistake, so that's yeah, definitely. Um, do you? You're very creative. I mean, that's a given. I've seen that my whole life. But do you prefer working with a a careful plan, or do you like sometimes just going into a project with your idea and seeing where it goes? Um, oh, I'll I'll think about it, you know, for a couple of days, or I'll wake up in mm-hmm. the morning and well, now I could do this this way or this that way. So I spend a lot of more time thinking and planning than I do mm-hmm. actually doing the project because I have had things, you know, mess up before. So I try to think about anything I can in advance that that might not work or that might be done a better way. Yeah, yeah. So you mull it over a lot before you get in there. Right. I find right. myself thinking about projects, too, but my problem is sort of my impulsivity that, you know, I may think at night about something. It gets kind of in my head, and I think, oh, I could do it that way. And then I want to work on it the, the next morning, like right away. And I may not right. be able to do that. I may have other commitments. So I get – it's hard for me sometimes because I get impatient uh, when I get an idea going. So that's definitely a – a skill I've had to work on over the years. Well, we've had like three different three different themes um, so far. They we kind of it was getting to know the contestants the first week, and then there was a lot of emphasis on um, where they're from and their hometowns in the second week, and then this week was kind of about celebrations and um, you know entertaining. Is there a? They've all been so much fun. But do you think you have a favorite? of the three different themes so far? Um, I think, well, it, it's hard to say, you know, because I really want yeah. to know you once, um, you know, but I like the things they did to to represent their home, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were were my favorites. This one was fun, and it gives you a lot of good ideas about having fun, but it was nice to mm-hmm. to get to know uh, them better and know where they were from and what kind of things they did. I, that was one thing I really enjoyed last night about Nicole when she talked about um, the time she had spent with her husband, um, you know, on the islands and so forth, and the fact yeah. that they just spent time uh, relaxing, and that's, that's pretty special if you can enjoy 
being with someone just sitting around and you don't have to have yep. um, all these things going on to enjoy yourself. I, I thought that was really neat, and uh, it helped me know more about her. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I've enjoyed all of them as well. I think um, I got really excited about this last week's, maybe even more, but that might just be a growing excitement because we're getting to know the contestants a little more each week. So it's even more fun to watch them making things because we're getting to know their personalities and are more informed about their backgrounds and why they might be doing things. So I, I think it's just sort of a an escalation of a building of, um, you know, just enjoying watching them work and getting the ideas and the inspiration. So we've got three more to go. I I can't believe we're halfway. I wish we had a lot more episodes. <laughs> no. But I'm, I'm looking forward to each one of them. And uh, I, I think you're definitely right because once we kind of got to know them, we knew which – direction or thought we knew which direction they might we go. thought yeah uh-huh. and uh then yeah. when did something different it surprised us and uh mm-hmm. sometimes it worked out well for them and sometimes it didn't either <laughs> yeah yeah those surprises have, have been fun too well um i'm gonna uh leave you guys with our interview with kim which was just a lot of fun and it's fun um it was fun hearing him talk about his wife amanda because they are husband and wife now so um yeah so that's cool it's exciting and um we will be back next week to talk about episode four and i'm sure we'll just have a lot more inspiration to uh to explore again next week so until then stay crafty and enjoy the interview with kim take care bye Welcome, everyone. I'm really excited to be able to talk with Kia Nguyen from Making It, one of the fabulous contestants who is bringing so many wonderful projects to life that uh, we're all so excited to talk about. And now we get a chance to talk with him personally about them a little more in depth. So welcome, Kia. Thank you for joining me. Hi. Thanks for having us. So I am part of the Making It Our Own podcast that I do with my mom. We have been crafting together since I can remember, and we would love to be watching the show together, but we live about eight hours apart. So we decided to do the podcast and celebrate the show and talk about it on air, Uh, just talk about our favorites and how we were inspired. So that's been a lot of fun to do together. She leaves the interview side to me, but she did want me to deliver a message to you. So she wanted me to let you know that she's really excited and uh, was so pleased that you won the Backyard Bonanza competition. And she really enjoys hearing about your trips and adventures with Amanda, and she thinks the two of you are very special. So she wanted me to pass that along to you. Awesome. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) I will do that. Um, So what has changed, if anything, as far as do you get recognized sometimes? Do you have some fans maybe that – know you from your business that uh, do you have more folks coming in saying, Oh, that's Kim for making it or any any stories about that? Um, yeah, I guess it has like a handful of people maybe. Um uh-huh. it's always kinda you know, it is strange just because I've never <laughs> been on T V before or anything like that. But, uh-huh. but you know, it's kinda cool, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. 
and usually people only will say hi if, you know, they like my work on the show or, sure. you know, just kind of like what I'm doing. So it's exciting to hear people supporting me. That's great. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of buzz on social media about you. I, I, I think people are really excited about seeing your designs and that you just have a real appreciation for those. So I was curious about sometimes, this is a compliment, it doesn't seem like you get too bothered by what the judges say. And I don't mean that as you don't care or try to make changes, you know, based on their constructive criticism. Obviously, it's a competition and you want to do well. But I love the fact that you don't really seem to be upset about something that they might say, you know, that's a little more negative because you seem very happy with your work regardless. Is, is that a fair statement? Yeah, the, uh, I don't know, going through art school, you know, pretty much it's all it is is critique. Um, most okay. Of, especially in photo class, um, you know, we spend the week making, working on our projects, and then in class it's just four hours of critique. And I feel like mm-hmm. I've been around that kind of environment a lot. And, yeah. Um, usually, you know, it's not, I try not to take it personally, um, you know, just because, it's someone's opinion on a piece that, you know, I created and the decisions I made to make the piece are just, you know, I, mm-hmm. I obviously chose to do what I thought was best. So, um, yeah, I, I do, I do like everything that I made. And, um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I obviously take everything that they have to say into consideration for future projects. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I just think that, I think it's just great to see you being happy with your work and not being too hard on yourself. I love seeing someone learn or maybe, you know, decide to do something differently, but being happy with, you know, their original idea as well. Um, How early on do you all know about your project assignment? And I know we can only see it so much on the TV show because of the time limitations, but do you have, uh, do you select certain supplies for them to have that day for what you're going to do? Do you get the assignment? you know, ahead of time, or do you just charge in right when they say it on TV? I guess we know a little bit just because they want us to be, mm-hmm. you know, with, as far as materials. Um, sure. Because uh, we all have our own specialties and, you know, tools that we work with and stuff that, um, you know, we'll, we'll know, like, that we need to, uh, you know, have these types of materials to work with. Or I mean, some of them, like the uh, food challenge, we, you know, there was just, like, so many different options available and just like an insane amount too. So uh Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Is cool. And then we all okay. share stuff too, which is nice. Yeah. That is really nice. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, how do you deal with saying goodbye to fellow contestants? Do you guys get any sort of downtime to sort of, you know, be sad about someone leaving or do you just have to charge right in to the next day's work? Uh no Every time um, we we go out to dinner with them. Um, oh, okay. We, we, yeah, so it was always a good goodbye that we got to, you know, say it to everyone and stuff. So, yeah, it was good. It seems like such an interesting dynamic because you all are so helpful to one another and encouraging, but yet it is a competition. You know, we see you doing your best work. It's just such a fine line that that you have going on, you know, trying to compete, but yet you're also kind to one another. Have you managed to um, keep up with everyone? Yeah. Um, we we all talk, like, every day. 
actually. Oh, that's uh, awesome. We have like a group thread going on, so yeah, it's it's pretty great. I'm actually currently on the West Coast, and in a few oh, days okay. I'm going to meet up with Nicole, and then we're going to drive down to LA and meet up with um, Billy and Robert too. Oh, very cool, very cool. I I like yeah. hearing that that it that the friendships have have continued. So, um, well, how did you end up on the show? What was your journey getting to the series? So I have a small woodworking business with my wife, Amanda, um, Mm -hmm. in Austin. And um, we'd been doing it for about, I guess, four years at the time. And then we got an email randomly from a casting producer that lives in Austin. And they were doing open casting calls. And they just invited us out to see if, you know, we'd want to come and interview in person. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they told us that Nick and Amy were going to be the hosts. And we immediately were both so excited and completely even got the email. And, um, you know, we didn't, I'm sure like everyone else, we were kind of like, well, should we even bother going? Because (laughs) what are the chances really of us even making it? And I think the day of, we just kind of decided to go because we didn't really have a reason not to. And uh, we originally signed up as a team just because, you know, it was really early on in the cast. So they, they, Basically, we're just telling us, yeah, you can just sign up for the team. We don't really know what the format is oh. going to be like exactly yet. They haven't really decided. Okay. So, um, yeah, we ended up getting a call back together, and then they told us that, no, it'll just be individual, but you guys can both move forward with the testing process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Amanda decided to not move forward. She just kind of opted out, and then I just kept okay. going with it. Okay. Yeah. Now, what is uh, what is her specialty in the business? You both do woodworking, is that correct, or does does she have something a, to style or a skill that's a little different from your skill set? Yeah, she does a lot of the photography. She does help with a lot of the okay. smaller like items that we do because mm-hmm. we do a lot of furniture, but then also a little home goods and like kitchen items, and she'll help, like finish those pieces. Okay, and then she does all of our like social media stuff too. Awesome. Yeah, I saw the mini lanterns on your retail shop on your website, and I thought those were really pretty and how you could put those together collectively. So definitely check out the website, guys. There's some some really neat stuff out there. Um, Are most of your items one of a kind, the larger items, or do you you produce some of the same pieces? Um, Well, We'll produce the same ones if someone requests for it. Okay, if I'm requesting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're, they're all made to order, so, yeah. Great, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Well, I was particularly taken with your turtle shell idea, and I have all of these, this idea going in my head that I want it to be some type of version for children that may have a hard time leaving the house or going to a slumber party, or maybe their parents are, are divorced and they go back and forth and they can take their turtle shell with them. I love that concept of having something with you, you know, all the time, no matter where you go. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting that nugget out there in your brain. Maybe you can come up with a child-friendly yeah. version they can carry with them because I thought that was very, very clever and, you know, kid-friendly. I mean, who doesn't like turtles, you know, and turtle shells? They're fascinating. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, and they could really meet maybe some sort of emotional need. I thought that was, that was fantastic. So. Thank you. Um, well, anything else you want to share with the listeners about your experience? Anything that you've come out of? You know, we don't know how everything works out, of course. 
in the end, but just being on the show in general, has, has there been anything that surprised you that you've come away with? I mean, overall, I'm sure for everyone else on the show, too, it's just such a positive experience, you know, regardless yeah. of what happened. It was just, I guess in that way it was surprising just because, you know, before we started filming, it was kind of a little bit nerve-wracking just because we didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just a competition. But once it all started, it was like, it was great. Like, we were all friends, and it didn't really feel like a competition while we were doing it because everyone was just kind of focused on their own thing. And, you know, yeah. you kind of do the best you can do. So, yeah. So the company was even more than you expected going into it. It was even even better than you could have yeah. imagined. It kind of sounds like, yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, this right. this is just more of a, a fun question, but I, I want to know how strong is your pun game? With all the puns going on and, you know, you see it on social media, are you right in there with everyone? Can we add that to your I, specialties? <laughs> I wish I was confident enough in my pun game. Um, I, you know, <laughs> that's probably something I have to work on, but, uh, I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to comment more on stuff <laughs> with some puns. Oh, no pressure. No pressure. I just, I see it, you know, all over the show and then all over social media and I just, Wondered if that was part of your sense of humor or not. Some people have the dry wit. Some people like the puns. Oh, no, some people I mean, are just silly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have great. an appreciation for it yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. <absolutely>. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you very much for talking to us. We're going to be rooting for you and uh, just can't wait week to week to see another episode. But the only bad thing is that means it's going to come to an end all that sooner. So um, we're. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. I wish it was longer than six weeks, but uh, maybe we can hope for the future that there'll be a longer version in the works. But yeah. um, you're doing a great job, and uh, fans are, are really enjoying watching you work. So thank you so much for talking to me. Yeah, thank you for having me.